0: Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for coming, turning out today on this hot day for this event. Uh, we're pleased to have this kickoff event for our Digital Divide project. We're calling Connecting Madison, and this is our effort to uh, connect uh, four neighborhoods for uh, low, low-cost uh, internet service. And uh, just want to give you a, a little bit of background, and then I'll introduce <laughs> the next speaker. Uh, We've been having discussions at the city for some time, for a number of years, about the digital divide, the challenge that people have with getting affordable Internet service. And uh, through the course of those discussions, uh, eventually the Digital Technology Committee was formed, and the committee had a number of discussions over a period of time. Uh, The result of that was an agreement to uh, go forth with a pilot project to bring uh, Internet access to Four neighborhoods. And uh, as part of that effort, there was a budget request for funding. We did a request for um, proposal that was sent out to a number of vendors um, and uh, what I call the typical selection process and contracting process and resulted in the selection of ResTech services as our vendor. Um, this effort required a lot of uh, coordination among uh, city agencies, but also other parties, including uh, ResTech and others. Um, Rich Beatles, who is the IT technical services manager, agreed to be the project manager for this project. And Rich is standing right there, a little wave. And so he um, really has spent uh, many hours coordinating details to try to bring us to where we are today, at this point today. Um, At the same time, we've had a number of parallel efforts uh, to uh, address the digital divide divide in a multifaceted manner. And so we've also brought Internet connectivity to a number of community centers, uh, community libraries, uh, schools. We've assisted the school district in connecting a number of the schools and and some other locations so that there are other areas where people can get some access to the Internet. Um, I want to especially take a moment to thank uh, the the, um, donors and sponsors who have donated equipment and funding and other resources, and we'll uh, hear from them in just a few moments. But, again, I want to mention Old National Bank, who has donated some late model computers that we'll make available to residents. Um, American Family Insurance also donated computers. CUNA Mutual Computers. Oak Bank has, has donated some funding to help with the cost of this. And Cascade Management, who has coordinated a lot of the equipment aspects for residents and um, has reached out to companies to um, get the assistance for the equipment and other items, has put a lot of time and effort and, and really is foregoing some revenues to help, help move this along. So I uh, promise to keep my remarks brief, and I will. And at this point, then, I'd like to introduce Lauren Kieliszewski, who is the chair of our Digital Technology Committee. Lauren?
1: So as you heard, I'm Lauren Kieliszewski. I'm the chair of the City of Madison's Digital Technology Committee. Um, In its current form, we've been meeting since February of 2014 with an emphasis on connectivity, for all the citizens of Madison, particularly with regards to emphasis on the digital divide. The pilot project we're here to kick off today is a result of this focus. When the committee initially started meeting, we were focused only on connectivity, but through conversations with stakeholders and community members, it became clear that connectivity is only one aspect of what's required to address the digital divide in Madison. This led us to a three-pronged approach. First. High-speed, quality, affordable Internet access. Second, educational and support services. And third, access to devices. For connectivity, <coughs> excuse me. For connectivity we were interested in leveraging the city's existing network infrastructure, namely the Metropol- Metropolitan United Fiber Network, or as you've likely heard it called, MUFFIN. We went through a procurement effort to find a provider of service for residents, and ResTech was the winner of the proposal. The committee had initially focused on a wireless solution, but ResTech's proposal extended existing muffin fiber into the pilot neighborhoods. They'll provide a high-quality connection and an affordable rate, an option that previously had been lacking. For education, we'll have digital literacy workshops, drop-in hours, and a fix it clinic through a partnership with DaneNet, a nonprofit with a mission to make information technology accessible and affordable through education and services. DaneNet will host these workshops in coordination with partner organizations already in the communities. For devices, a partnership with Cascade Asset Management and the generous donation of corporate equipment from several corporate sponsors will allow us to provide residents of the neighborhoods with devices. Surveys have indicated that many of the households in these neighborhoods already have devices that can access the Internet, but many of these devices are smartphones. Smartphones can do all sorts of amazing things, but you won't hear many people arguing that they are the ideal tool for completing your homework or turning in a job application. As the chair of the Digital Technology Committee, I'm excited to be part of this kickoff for the pilot project. We're looking forward to seeing the pilot progress and to seeing the results of these efforts to address Madison's digital divide.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Lauren, very much. I, I neglected to mention the four uh, sites in the pilot project, and Ally Drive is obviously one of the sites. The other three are Darville-Worthington, Brentwood, and the Kennedy Heights Apartments. Uh, So, um, Lauren did mention uh, the role of DayNet, and with that, I would like to introduce uh, the executive director of DayNet, Alyssa, Alyssa Kennedy. Alyssa?
2: Thank you. So, my name is Alyssa, and I'm the executive director of DayNet. We're a local nonprofit, and we've been working on closing digital divides in the community since 1995. We provide technical support to nonprofits technology education and digital literacy programming throughout the community. We believe technology, connectivity, and the skills to use both are part of the quality of life that all should be able to enjoy. Right now, 14,000 households in Dane County don't have home internet access. Without connectivity, families are at a profound and distinct disadvantage. From homework completion to employment access to building your social network, connectivity is critical. Technology is the great amplifier of human intentions. And when people don't have access to digital society, their participation is muted and their quality of life is negatively affected. With leadership from the mayor and the Digital Technology Committee, we are starting to solve this problem and moving towards a digitally inclusive Madison. Dana is so delighted to be the digital literacy partner in the Connecting Madison Project. DayNet will offer free workshops, device fix-it clinics, drop-in technology tutoring, and we will help deploy devices to low-income households. DayNet's partner program, Everyone on Madison, will help connecting Madison in the pilot neighborhoods and other neighborhoods throughout the city. Today is the kickoff event, but behind it are years of work and executive leadership and many, many hours of committee members' deliberations. Thank you again to the committee. Many generous businesses like Cascade Asset Management, CUNA Mutual Group, American Family Insurance, Old National Bank, and Park Bank have already committed devices and research resources. On Friday, the Technology Education Foundation, that's the proceeds from the Burby Derby, approves $10,000 to support Nut's work on digital literacy in the coming year. These leadership gifts are so important for our launch. But if we want digital equity in this city, we're gonna need more devices, we're gonna need more money, and we're going to need more volunteers. People interested in giving time, giving money, doing devices, and helping more connect the projects to disconnected households should contact Dainet, should contact Connecting Madison, should go to everyone on and volunteer their time. Dana is so delighted to be part of this project. We're thankful to our donors, to the city, to our host site partners. I see Boys and Girls Club here in the room. They're right here in this neighborhood. I see Warner Park, too. Thank you very much for hosting this. We're very close to full digital inclusion. These are exciting times. The technology is changing, and we will always, always have to work to include the most vulnerable members of our community because they will always be in danger of being left behind. So let's keep up the good at work. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa.
0: Um, I would uh, next like to introduce uh, Peter, uh, Neil peters who's the CEO of Cascade Management. Neil, come over to you.
3: Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Miller Soglin. Um, it's great to be able to talk a little bit about the role of Cascade and our sponsors in providing some refurbished computers to this project. Our goal, as what Baynet was saying and what Alyssa said, is to do our part to eliminate the digital divide in our community by funneling high quality computer equipment to nonprofits and lower income families with little or no cost to these users. This requires a collaborative effort between the businesses and organizations in the community that regularly refresh their information technology infrastructure <coughs> and Cascade, which prepares this equipment for reuse. Last year, Cascade collected and refurbished and remarketed over 30,000 desktop computers. There's a lot of computers out there. And with the help of our sponsors, the City of Madison as well, um, as Old National Bank, CUNA Mutual, American Family, and Oak Bank, we are able to direct some of these computers to this wonderful project known as Connecting Madison. So far, these organizations have committed over 650 computer systems, like the Dell computer that's set up right over there. And I encourage you to take a look at it and the features that it has. This is one of the computers that we'll be providing. Um, They have also provided cash donations to cover software licenses and other hard costs to make these computers function. In general, these contributions are are accumulating to be worth over $50,000, and these are very good, high-quality computers but we all see the very tremendous return on investment that these devices will have when they can help kids with school projects, families manage personal finances and paperwork, and individuals explore new ideas and information on the World Wide Web. But this is just the start. It is true we do need more donations of quality computer equipment to cover the expected demand from this program. In addition, potential donors can assist with funding costs uh, to test and refurbish the computers and buy software licenses. If local corporations just set aside 10% of the computers that they are replacing every year, we will have more than enough need to be able to fund and support digital partnerships within this community and to bridge the digital divide. When we ask for donations, though, we do not want people to clean out their junk drawers and junk closets and give us a 20-year-old computer. We do have processes to recycle those and to recycle them properly. Uh, we are looking for newer computers that, people, that everyone should feel proud of using ourselves as well, and these are going to be good, powerful computers. We do have more information about if organizations want to donate computers and some flyers over there, and we encourage people to take a look at that if they can support, as well as information on how to get computers. We're a proud member of this community. Cascade's been involved in in a business in Madison since 99. Uh, We are eager to be able to support this program in the community and are very gracious and grateful to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Neil.
0: Uh, I would next like to um, introduce uh, two individuals from CUNA Mutual, uh, Stephen Goldberg, who's the executive director of CUNA Mutual Foundation, and Tim Peterson, who's CIO of CUNA Mutual Group. Gentlemen.
4: Thanks for holding your
5: applause.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'm Steve Goldberg with the CUNA Mutual Foundation. This is CUNA Mutual's Chief Information Officer, Tim Peterson, and we're really excited to participate in this initiative, and we we commend the city and the mayor's office uh, specifically for launching something that is designed to bridge not only the digital divide but other divides in our community. And when Alyssa Kenny from DaneNet contacted me a couple months ago to see if we could donate 500 computers for this effort, um, I said, I'll see what we can do. And when I hung up the phone, I was so pessimistic because generally when we donate computers, it's a handful at a time. It's five or six or two or three at a time. Never did I imagine that we could spare 500 units. So I contacted our IT folks, and to my surprise, they said, no problem we have 500 units that will be available before the, by the end of the year. And not only that, they said they were really excited to do this. So Tim Peterson, Chief Information Officer from Tina Mitchell, could you explain why we got such a quick response <laughs> at, at, at that scale and why your IT staff said they were really excited to do this? Sure, Steve. So, you know, it, it happened at a perfect time. So we're in the process of investing in upgrading our equipment anyhow so the timing couldn't have been better. It's a chance, really, for us to invest in our own employees, but also uh, the community. So uh, that's how we were able to, uh, to have such a large amount of computers available at that time and certainly happy to uh, participate in this program. So thank you. You bet. Thank you. Now you can applaud.
0: <laughs> thank you very much. Our next uh, speaker is from Old National Bank, one of, one of the supporters and, of this project, uh, Linda Vesher, the CEO of the Wisconsin region.
6: Thank you very much. What a, what a great uh, – thank you. Yeah, Steve, Steve's helping me out here. I, I want to say uh, what a great picture of collaboration of public-private partnership, and I want to thank Mayor Soglin for your vision of connecting Madison, and I I particularly want to thank the community leaders and and neighborhood leaders for their advocacy for this pilot, because it takes all the stakeholders at the table to make this be uh, the success that I know that it will be. Old National Bank is thrilled to be here in Madison through our partnership with Anchor Bank, and today's investment uh, represents just one part of our ongoing commitment to make Madison a place where every member of the community can thrive. In the last uh, three years, our company has been privileged to donate over 3,400 pieces of equipment across our footprint, and we're thrilled that today 150 of those are coming right here to Madison. So thank you for what you're doing, for the good work that starts here, and thank you for allowing us to be part of this great project.
0: Thank you, Len. Our next speaker is from American Family Insurance, uh, Jim Buckheim, who is Vice President of Communications. Jim, thank
7: well, Thank you. Uh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> um, so, you know, so American Family is also very pleased to support uh, this initiative as, as well and to be invited to this great event. It was terrific to hear from Lauren, Alyssa, and Neil and hear about the work that they're actively engaged in right now. And to be able to join other donors and support that effort is a, is a privilege for us, American family. As you know, American family believes in the power of dreams and the pursuit of dreams. And sometimes when it comes to supporting dreams, that means we help eliminate the barriers that are hindering the pursuit of those dreams. And that's what really this project about is about. Because having direct access to not only the technology, but the world of power that is available through the Internet and and what can be unlocked through the Internet is one way that we can address the barrier that exists or the digital divide that exists in our community today. So by empowering individuals and families through technology, we hope to have an impact on the four neighborhoods that were identified, but we hope that that work actually helps strengthen our entire community as well. So for all those reasons, we're very proud to be a part of this as well, and thanks again for the opportunity to join you today.
0: Thank you, Jim. Now I'd like to introduce uh, Brian Schenker, who is the president of ResTech Services. ResTech will be implementing the network and the connectivity to the residences. And without further ado, I'll turn it over to Brian.
8: Thanks, Paul. Uh, As Paul mentioned, I'm Brian uh, Schenker. I'm the uh, president of Restech Services. Uh, I helped found the company in 2005. Uh, We're a a local Madison-based company that provides... Uh, Telecommunication services, uh, internet, phone, and television to multiple tenant properties and to businesses. Um, our experience in this area, in serving these types of customers and the multiple tenant properties that we'll be servicing for connecting Madison, uh, uh, is one of our our uh, capabilities that we bring uh, to this project. Uh, we have over 20,000 uh, users in the Madison area that use our services residentially, and we have about 150 business customers uh, on our network. And uh, uh, we operate uh, a uh, hybrid of fixed wireless and fiber optic network throughout the city, and uh, uh, we build and maintain those networks. So that's uh, that's been our background, and, and we're pleased to be part of this project to be able to take advantage of uh, you know our skills and what we can do in Madison to help bridge the, the digital divide. Um, I think it was a, a great insight to include people like Daynet and Cascade to, to complete the package. And uh, what we bring to the to the table is our experience uh, of providing those services to the customers. Um, uh, so ResTech, as I mentioned, got started in 2005. Uh, in addition to, to ResTech, uh, my affiliated company, uh, Global Systems Design and Installation, is uh, involved in and responsible for building and, uh, and uh, installing the fiber optics. Uh, and, uh, and together between uh, ResTech and Global Systems Design and our, our uh, sales company, Star Satellite, we employ over 40 employees in the Madison area. So this project uh, uh, takes advantage of, of, uh, of the skills that we bring as a local company uh, and, uh, and contributes back to, it's a great way for us to contribute back to the community. Uh, so about Connecting Madison, uh, when responding to the RFP, uh, we were looking at different ways to provide service, and we decided on fiber as the main reason, t- uh, the main technology to, to build uh, that service, uh, in part because it's a reliable uh, way of delivering service. There really is no better way uh, to provide uh, that kind of product, uh, and uh, it also provides uh, future growth uh, and longevity. So fiber is going to be here for a long time. The investment that city, of, the city of Madison makes today uh, is going to be here for decades. Uh, so that fiber is going to last, and it's a long-term investment in these communities that are looking for affordable options for service. Uh, we're going to start uh, with a 10 megabit internet service at $10 a month. So that you know, no tie-ins, no bundles, no uh, no gimmicks, uh, no hidden fees, no extra charges. It's just a very simple $10 a month for 10 megabits of internet service. Uh, so we feel like this is a great uh, product uh, that that these. Residents looking for affordable options will be able to take advantage of. Uh, We know from our own experience that sometimes people want other products uh, on the same uh, service. If they want television and and, uh, telephone service, we are also offering those options. But we're going to start with that 10 megabit, $10 uh, a month as the basic service. Um, uh, As far as progress of the project right now, construction is underway in the Darbo Worthington neighborhood. Uh, We're working on on the laterals or the connections to the properties now. Uh, The permit process for the Allied Drive area is, uh, is complete and will be next up for construction, and then we'll follow with Brentwood. Uh, So we're just weeks away from from the services coming live, uh, and we're putting in all of the the work now to get the the network ready. Uh, We've set up a hotline uh, to help update people and the public if they have questions about where the uh, status of the project is, and that number is 608-237-1111. Uh, and uh, it's just a message that that, uh, gives updates as we have more uh, information and progress, we'll continue to update that. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Brian. I'd uh, like to take a moment to recognize the alders that are in the room, and I see Alder Balde in the back. Welcome. Alder Clear. And... um, Alder Cheeks, who will be speaking in just a moment. And have I missed anybody that I didn't spot in the back? No. All right. So um, uh, without any further delay, I'd like to introduce Alder uh, Maurice Cheeks, whose district includes Ally Drive.
9: Thanks, Paul. Um, My name is Maurice Cheeks. I have the privilege of representing the 10th District here on the west side of Madison, which includes Allied Drive. In addition to being uh, the alder that represents this neighborhood, I also am a uh, a technology executive. In fact, it was um, almost 10 years ago now when that, that technology and the opportunity to distribute it is, is what brought me to Madison in the first place. I moved to Madison in 2007 when I was recruited to work for Apple, uh, leading K-12 education sales across the state of Wisconsin. And so, literally, this is the work that brought me here, um, and it makes me uh, uh, amazingly proud to be a part of seeing that uh, that, that this neighborhood is the, one of the that Ally Drive is one of the first recipients of this uh, of this initiative. And I want to thank um, the Uh, the committee and uh, the staff and all of the generous donors who, who are making this work possible. You know, so many of us have been saying for a long time that um, that access to internet uh, needs to be a basic right that, that it in fact is, and um, that it should be considered as a, as a utility. Um, And so, you know, the fact that we have so many partners here that are stepping up to say, yes, exactly, and we want to prioritize Ally Drive as one of the places where we can, you know, take these initial steps to make uh, Internet affordable and accessible to all neighbors is, is amazing. And so huge thanks and gratitude uh, to all those involved. But I, I, for those of you who don't have the opportunity to, to come to this neighborhood often, which, um, uh, which may be many of you, um, I want you to know all of the important work that this is building off of that the neighbors are already doing right so the reason why this type of investment can can be made proudly um, and with uh, encouragement that it will be successful and that it's a worthwhile effort is made possible by the strength of the neighbors the work that they've been doing you know just since i've been in office the past three years to build relationships between uh, between adjacent neighborhoods to strengthen the bond of community to to, uh, host really meaningful, impactful relationship building, uh, food sharing events, the invitation to bring our neighborhood uh, police officer right into this very building. They now have an officer in this building. The the work to um, provide mentorship to to young people in the neighborhood, the fantastic work of mothers in the neighborhood that have been providing um, access and opportunity to mothers that otherwise don't have a place to turn the work of ensuring the, the, plurif- the, the, the growth of public arts in this neighborhood. There's so much being done in Allied Drive Um, to strengthen this neighborhood, and it's being led by the neighbors. And it's my great honor to be a part of that um, and trying to to help spur the progress of that. And this is, you know, the latest example of that. Um, One of the things that's really exciting about this initiative is um, at the same time that we're building out this Internet access, we're also building out – Um, plans for a new park that will be just behind this building here. And this is going to be you know, a community-led park. Uh, The community has been highly involved in the design of the park already. And not only will it be one of the coolest parks in the city of Madison because it's being designed by the neighbors, but it's going to be one of the first uh, parks in the the city that has internet access available right in the pavilion for uh, neighbors to be able to Uh, take advantage of this significant investment that's being made. So um, feel encouraged that not only are we here to celebrate, uh, you know, a really important step in in bridging the digital divide, but this work is among many to build on the great strength and enthusiasm and support that the neighbors are bringing and, and, uh, and that I'm working to support them in. So thank you all so much for being here.
0: Thank you, Alder Cheeks. Now I would like to introduce a resident of Allied Drive who who will say a few words, and I'd like to introduce Sina Davis. Would you like to come forward?
10: Hello. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sina Davis. I'm a resident. I am uh, a community um, leader. I'm founder of Mothers in the Neighborhood. And for you guys to invest in a needy community, is greatly appreciated to help educate our children. Uh, and I hope that these computers need in the homes that are needed for our seniors and for our freshmen it's just starting off to college. I just so happen to have one. And um, we are still need to eat at the same time. So keep that in mind. There's a food desert. I'm sure the boys and girls appreciate this. Um, I know that's where we, most of the parents and the children go. Uh, to do their homework and joining forces with families. So you are angels and we all appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, 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 Sina. So uh, at this point, it is now my pleasure to introduce the mayor of Madison,
11: Paul Seiglin. Thank you, you, Paul. The The divide we're talking about is not just a divide of education and employment, but it's also a social social, and it's a cultural divide which presents uh, incredible challenges for our community. You've heard from a large number of speakers here this this morning. And, uh, Lauren, you and the committee have taken a very complicated challenge and turned it into a product that is going to benefit not just this community, but many other neighborhoods in the entire city over the next couple of decades. And I want to reinforce the point. This is complicated. Look at all the players, all of the agencies, all of the companies that are involved in in making this work. Why do I emphasize that? Because we are just getting started. This is the beginning of an incredible challenge where this city, like so many hundreds of cities throughout the United States, have to do so much better in terms of providing access. That is the key. Well, where do we go from here? Well, we have to complete the implementation in these four neighborhoods. We have to operate the pilot And we have to gather lessons learned. We have to see where are the challenges in those three areas that were previously uh, mentioned, ranging from the computer in the home itself to the the connectivity to the rest of the world. We're going to have to do evaluations and, and determine what the direction is that is going to encompass the lives of 250,000 people in, in this city. We have to rely and engage these very important uh, private sector and industry providers who realize that the future of their community is, is their responsibility. And, and I just want to uh, take a moment again to thank them for being an active and aggressive partner in, in making this work. As, as we face the challenges of complementing and expanding these services. Finally, we need to determine a citywide strategy, a citywide approach for not just crossing this digital divide, but being competitive with, with Paris and Seoul and, and hundreds of American cities in not just what we can download, but if we really want to be f- the part of the future of this nation's economy, what we can upload from the homes and the businesses within, within uh, reach of, of where we walk and, and where we speak today. So again, it's complicated, it's challenging, and this room and, and the perseverance of the people Who have stood through the heat of this press conference (laughs) is a commitment, it shows the commitment uh, to our community's future. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mayor. So that. is the end of our uh, speaker list and uh, comments for today, but we do have time for questions, and I think we can direct them to anybody in the room who... And, uh,
11: Paul, thank you and and, and and Rick and the staff for organizing this. You're welcome. I,
0: I won't say hold your applause because I, I don't get it all that often. So... <laughs> So, again, uh, if there's any questions, we'd be happy to answer them or, or direct them to somebody
11: who can.
2: I apologize, I arrived late.
11: Oh. We didn't say anything before you
2: got <laughs> <laughs> So, computers, laptops, a mixture of both, and they, are they all donated by both corporations? Where are they coming from?
5: Uh, a variety of sources, and actually, Neil,
3: perhaps could answer that best if you'd like yeah. to... Thanks. I'm Neil with Cascade Asset Management, so we're processing the donated computers. Right now it's just uh, I5 desktop computers and 19-inch LCD monitors. We are looking to place laptops as well, so if people do want to donate laptops, we are happy to accept those and process them. Uh, good quality equipment is what we're looking to provide and make sure that that's available. Uh, but right now, we have a commitment from the sponsors of about 650 computer systems, and we just got started. Uh, so we know that there's a lot, a lot of other grateful or generous donors out there, so we're looking for that too. But just, to clarify, what's the is that just yeah. And there's an example over here. So it's a desktop computer. Um, so it's a whole computer system loaded with Windows 10, uh, virus protection, productivity software. It's compatible with Madison School District uh, um, programs to be able to use Google Docs so students can, can uh, perform all the functions they need to, to do their homework, Internet browsing. It's a fast computer. The initial computers we have are actually less than three years old, coming out of a working environment, good quality enterprise computers. These aren't the computers you buy for $300 at Walmart. These are $1,000 computers that still have some really good durability. Um, Paul, do you remember? Like 3.2 gigahertz or something? 3.2 gigahertz on average. Mm -hmm. Other questions?
0: Melissa, would you like to
5: feel that? Sure.
2: So, families that would like, so the computers are only being distributed to low... you got
5: explicit.
2: I'm not following the rules. People who know me know this is a trend. Um, so the computers are going to low-income households um, for residents in Allied, Brentwood, Darbo, Worthington, Kennedy Heights. And so people have to pr- pr- proof of address they have to come to a workshop or drop-in tutoring or a device fix at clinic. So they need to do a little bit of technology education. Um, and if they would like to qualify for Microsoft Office, they have to provide proof of income eligibility. And if they would like another great productivity like LibreOffice, Office, they don't have to provide income eligibility information. And so the first classes start in the Kennedy Heights neighborhood in October. We start in Allied in November on everyone on madison.org Other questions?
5: Someone kind of a on it. The, um, You know how doing a job application isn't great on a cell phone. It just kind of someone describe what this means for students, you know, in this neighborhood, like, from kindergarten, you know, to high school. What, what, what does this mean for them? How are they going to benefit?
0: So the question is, how, how would students benefit from this? I'll, I'll give this a shot. Um, so uh, students and their families would have access to the Internet. They'd have a device to use, a computer. Um, this, uh, you know, there may be homework that the student needs to do where he or she needs to use the Internet. Uh, there could be other types of resources that's needed. Uh, communicating with their teacher. A lot of teachers communicate through email now all those things would uh, be possible and much more convenient because of the uh, presence of a computer in the home. Uh, It also uh, could be used by the family for whatever daily um, needs they have. If a parent is applying for a job, many employers require online job applications at this point. If they're scheduling a doctor's appointment, many of those are made online. Everything that that you do in your everyday life that many of us just take for granted would now be possible because of the service and connectivity and the presence of this device in the household. Other questions? This um,
5: so is the pilot phase of this project, so how long do you anticipate the pilot to go for and what do you get the success of the pilot project?
0: We have a, uh, the pilot project, uh, again, includes these four neighborhoods. We're anticipating a duration of a two to three years. Um, we're going to evaluate um, how this goes, uh, what challenges we encountered, what lessons did we learn from this, and then that together with a, a citywide approach, we'll have to uh, really develop a strategy. You know, where do we go from here? Uh, how do we expand that? It could be that there could be programs offered by some of the major providers that could be available to low-income families. If those become available, that may be another facet of how. This whole issue could be uh, addressed. We don't we don't know the answers to all that now. So basically, it's a pilot project. Pilot means it's a learning experience, and we'll try to learn from this and then determine where we go from there.
5: Does this have potential? As you talked about some of the major providers, does this have potential to uh, reduce uh, monthly fees for for people outside of these neighborhoods?
0: I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think there could always be that potential. Other questions? I have
1: a question. um, has The outreach for people who are going to be receiving, or families that are receiving the seniors, um, has the outreach been primarily community centers, or has there been other outreaches? I mean, if we're talking about uh, the lack of technology, I'm just wondering, in the digital age that we live in, how do you see them
0: uh, so the question was, um, how do the families in these pilot areas, how do they know that this program exists and that they would have the opportunity to participate? And I think I'll ask uh, Ryan Schenker to address that.
8: So uh, as you mentioned, the community centers, yes they're of course an important component of our plan for getting the word out that these, uh, these services are available. Uh, we have experience marketing uh, within a designated area of properties. In our 20,000 customers, they're all within multiple tenant properties for end users. So uh, you know, we do lots of things. We, we put up posters where we're allowed to, to put up posters. Uh, we send mailings. We go door to door. It really depends on what the property company is willing to do and allow us to do. Uh, but we have strategies regardless of the level of involvement of the property company that we're able to uh, get the information out to the customers. And all of those will be uh, uh, used in our, in our marketing efforts.
5: All right. I'm Rich Beedles. I'm the project manager for this.
6: Uh, we also have been reaching out to the social groups and
9: uh, other uh, organizations that are within the community. So we have a whole list. Uh, we're going to be putting things in uh, local newspapers. Uh, we'll be doing multilingual stuff, uh, Spanish and Hmong. So we're reaching out to the entire community, and we have a whole list, like I said, of community organizations that we're going to reach out to, try to get the word out. We understand that in a lot of cases, word of mouth is the best way to do this, so we're going to try to put the word in as many ears as possible so that they can pass it on. Also, um,
5: you're starting to attend- um,
8: so what I can say is that from, from the beginning, we're planning on offering up to 100 megabits. Uh, the uh, introductory bandwidth level at uh, 10 megabits for $10 is is a starting point. Uh, We do have discounted rates of 20, 50, and 100 megabits that are also available. Uh, I've got them on the poster over there uh, if you want to write them down. Uh, uh, As uh, to your point, though, the definition of broadband is regularly changing, and uh, I don't anticipate any difficulty being able to keep up with that. Uh, We're actually building the network to be capable of delivering gigabit speeds, and many of you might say, well, why would you bother with that? Well, why would you bother with 10 megabits? Ten years ago, 10 megabits is more than you could ever possibly want to use, right? Uh, and uh, more recently, I've even been having discussions with other in the indus- others in the industry about not just gigabit. And we've heard about Google Fiber and others offering gigabit Internet services, uh, but even the possibility of 10 gigabit uh, Internet. And that's way out in the future. Uh, but the applications for using more and more bandwidth uh, are there. And uh, in many ways, it's a, it's a build it and they will come. So when the mayor is looking, looking into or talking about development, uh, economic development of the community, uh, having the kinds of connections that allow us to compete with the world are critical because it allows us to do things like, like uh, you know, long-distance uh, uh, education, long-distance health care, Uh, The applications come when you have the bandwidth available, and it's just a matter of making it available to people. Uh, But long story short, yes, uh, we're planning on future proofing the network. Uh, It's uh, from from day one capable of delivering 100 megabits to every end user, uh, and uh, it's being built uh, with one gigabit end user service in mind.
0: Thank you, Brian. Any other questions? All right. Thank you very much for coming today. Again, there's some material over there if you'd like to look at it. And uh, if there's any follow-up questions, uh, feel free to contact
5: any of us. Thank you very much.